was mouthing the mic. Hello and welcome to episode number 48 of Unrelenting for October 28th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill with my friend on the other end, Gene Nevtuliev, if I can use an Adam Curryism. And there is breaking news, Gene. Paul howdy, Pelosi howdy. attacked in his own home. Uh, is that the uh, the son of the uh, of the witch? It is the wife or the. OK, maybe. Yes. The witch is his wife. I was going to say the wife. Oh, of the oh, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so that's oh, okay. the husband okay. who, you know, accidentally uh, got caught with a cooker and was driving drunk or something. Right. I, I thought know, they allegedly. were like uh, separated. I didn't realize that uh, he was still the husband. Is okay. this a Nancy? Like, uh, you know what? This could be Nancy going, you know what? I'm not going to have a job in a couple of weeks because I'm not going to be the, the speaker mm-hmm. anymore. Maybe she doesn't want him waiting when she gets out. Maybe she doesn't want to share her wealth when she's done yeah well i mean he's done his job he's bought the stock she stole him to buy i guess so yeah this could be this is breaking news mm-hmm. and of course all of the news outlets so far are like well the uh the motive is being investigated it's like you don't need yeah. to investigate anything tell me who it was because this was in san mm-hmm. francisco if this is an employed oh, okay, white guy, okay, okay. then it's politically motivated. If it's anybody no, if else. It's, if it's a white guy in San Francisco, it's probably a gay white guy. Let's be realistic here. Well, then it wouldn't be a Trumper. So if it's a gay white guy, it can't be a Trumper. So then also not politically motivated. If You're right. So it has to be a straight white employed guy for this to be politically motivated. Otherwise, and there's about a 1% chance of that being the case in San Francisco. Yes. Unless they draw up I and they may have had to really drive somebody in. But the odds are against that. I and, mean, what you describe in San Francisco, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the only straight white guys that might live there would still vote Democrat. But the reality is, this was most likely somebody experiencing homelessness, as they say in San Francisco. Just a guess. And if it's if it's my goodness, if it's somebody of color, as the racists say then I think we really know. Yeah. Well, as the genetic tests often show, aren't we all a little bit of color? I mean, I've got almost zero because I don't go out in the sun at all. That's true. That's true. I keep trying to get lighter. Mm-hmm. But that's just, that's just because <laughs> I live in the basement. Uh-huh. Going out. What, what's the point of going out? There are people out there. That's right. You might actually run into one someday. I've got everything I need right here. I've got a high speed internet connection to communicate with the world. I Mm. have food. I even Mm -hmm. have alcohol if I want. And like the dude named Ben on your other show, I'm not shy about uh, showing my firearms. I know you are though. I I was kind of amazed that you didn't want to have the big pegboard behind you. Now, what are you talking about? I was the one who brought up the pegboard and saying, geez, I got enough stuff. I might as well make one. Well, you also know I'm, that- I'm too lazy to make one. It doesn't mean I'm too shy. Okay. So somebody has to come to Gene's house, put up a pegboard, arrange his firearms in a very mm-hmm. uh, pleasing manner. I don't believe anything I hear on that show. I heard I was 100% Irish on that show too. Well, you are as far as I'm concerned. Right. Well, it's the way I want to portray it. I right? mean, I guess if you want to, if you want to 
like force your Polish side on there. I guess that's, uh, you know, muddy the waters. Well, either way, the Polish Uh, drink really uh, well and the Irish drink really well. The Polish aren't particularly dark either. No, this is true. You see, (laughs) they're generally blonde. There's a lot of uh, a lot of prevalence of Polish blondness from what I recall. Probably. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. So I don't complain. So this will be a I don't even think it's that interesting of a story, except that it's going to prove that crime is if this will happen in the home of Nancy Pelosi, which I'm guessing is in a fairly nice what, area. You mean the palace? Yes. If this can happen and then in her home, this politically should tell people everything they need to know. And that would be, you are not safe in your home, which I'm kind of surprised Nancy Pelosi even announced this. There was uh, the comment that she made was, you know, the usual what this time our family would like privacy and somebody on, I think it was, mm-hmm. I think it was the, uh, the British website that it was on the daily mail, which is not mm-hmm. usually great journalism, but one of the first uh, comments yeah. was like, well, if you wanted privacy, why are you announcing this to an international uh-huh. audience? Exactly. No, they might have, maybe they hired the straight white male and put a, a MAGA hat on them. Maybe it'll be interesting to see because that's the only way this doesn't make Nancy look bad for her own policies. And even that it kind of does, mm-hmm. but this is, I'm guessing where they would like to take it and be like, Oh no, this was a MAGA Republican who came in and attacked him. Well, mm-hmm. that's not really the MO of the average MAGA Republican. And if it turns out, which is way more likely at this point, that it was just a random act of violence in San Francisco, then that proves that nobody is safe in their own home. If Nancy Pelosi's husband isn't safe, nobody yeah, I is. mean, if they found the one guy in San Francisco that actually does have a mega hat, uh, yes. and then was it Kanye? He, I hope he made enough money off of this deal because uh, there's not much competition in San Francisco for that. No. So it's a weird, it's an oddity of a story. Yeah. And at any time it would be an oddity, but considering that we're now what less than is it two weeks to the uh, election? That's Tuesday. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah. So less than two weeks now. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this can't be politically motivated. Do you have your, uh, your local candidates that you're voting for memorized? No, I don't. But, uh, and, and I how, you, in, how are you going to vote? I can go in and do early voting anytime at the village hall where my wife works. So there's, mm-hmm. the, we've got the book of like everything. You know, including don't assume gender Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that they also mentioned in a meeting that the county was considering moving forward, adding more choices besides MNF. That's like, fuck you. Come on. How about more choices between R and D? Yeah, it would be nicer. That would be a a better way to do it. That would be a better change in the ballot. You are absolutely Uh right. It's like, I, yeah, I mean, uh, when people can do whatever they want in their own life, I don't care, but let's just try to stick with some kind of reality. There was another big kerfuffle. I think it was at a high school somewhere in the United States. Don't even remember the town where a guy that said he was transgender decided just to go in and start showering with the girls gym team or what maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you can't have this. I'm sorry. This is every guy in high school is then going, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I might think I'm kind of transgender. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I get to go in and shower with the girls team. I'll just, I, all I have to do is say I'm transgender. No, no. I mean, if they want to put their dick in a uh, guillotine and cut it off, then you can do whatever you want after I that. I think it's mostly the balls, not the dick. Is it? Well, both. I think we should well, have to remove all of that. <laughs> if you're going to, I, if you're going to play I that scam, thing, you got to, you yeah. have to, you have to have some skin in the game, literally. You know, to the to the question of uh, what makes a man from the Big Lebowski. I've never seen that movie. Oh, you got to be shitting me. Okay. You, I know you there's a lot need of to watch it around it while you still have half an eyeball <laughs> or uh, I'm going to be very disappointed because that movie is. It summarizes so many things about that time period that you were still around in. That I was still around in. Yes. You know, the 80s, the late 80s. Yeah, the that start was my time. of the Gulf War. Yes, that was my time. Yes, and the fact that you still haven't seen this movie is amazing. I, uh, I just ignore so many things. Although I did watch the new Beavis and Butthead season, and that is, was great. Really? Oh, that's back? I didn't realize that was back. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And now instead of, they do still make fun of a couple of music videos, but now they're mm. also making fun of like, youtube and tiktok videos so oh, I mean, that's it, great yes i'm like this is perfect because that's exactly what a beavis and butthead would be and doing the, today i assume it's done by the same people so yes. they look the same yes totally looks the same like the voice four the same. frames per second yeah and uh when you watch that show i have a very hard time not going into the the voices so it's the spaz yeah, yeah, yeah the, yeah, the yeah, manic fire, laughter fire, yeah, fire. and then <laughs> come to butthead <laughs> <laughs> yeah he said but mm-hmm. i mean there that's comics are they now is one of them still wearing an acdc shirt yes the same clothes which i think oh they could have God. updated that a little bit it would have been funny yeah i'm gonna put on a taylor swift shirt well you figure the one beavis wears a metallica shirt so i mean he was right on because mm. they're still around and the other so it's acdc which is also still around they picked two good bands because they are still around yeah, today. it's the only reason those bands are around yes because back in the day people watched Beavis and Butthead and they were like who are these bands yeah it's like oh maybe I should check these guys out they must be good I mean I only watched the first season of the uh, Stranger Things on was that a Netflix show yeah I watched the first two and it's definitely gotten worse with each season now I know they have helped rejuvenate people knowing who Ronnie James Dio is which is a mm-hmm. cool thing this is the one cool thing where entertainment comes in and I guess they were looking for a Ronnie James Dio shirt for one of the kids and Ronnie James Mm. Dio's widow found out about it. And she called him up and like, I got a bunch of stuff if you want it. Mm. And they incorporated a lot of it. And it's like the album sales actually went up. So this is also an interesting thing. Yeah. I think that show has been good for retro eighties, nostalgia sales. People are like, that was what that was well, the eighties, much better music. I know people can argue no, this way all better day music. Long. No, there's, there's no argument here. It's it just a fact. The stuff that was considered kind of crappy pop music back in the eighties, mm-hmm. including bands like Duran Duran. If you go back and mm-hmm. listen to that now, it's like, that oh, was actually classic. pretty good. Yes. Yeah. And they didn't sound like everybody else. It wasn't yeah. like there was a, like now when I listen to pop music, it's very hard to determine who is singing. Same thing with country today. It's is very- there pop music today? I thought all we have was just like hip hop and uh, 
Well, whatever yeah. is popular is considered rock pop, and country. But you're, I think you're right that it, it, pop music has a particular sound from the 80s that I don't think exists today. Because it's all mainly done by little kids in their basement using the same loops and processing. Mm-hmm. It all has a very similar sound to it. Melody is very hard to come by now, which is one of the reasons I like Taylor Swift. I think she's always done words and melody well, and Mm -hmm. her stuff does sound a little different than most. Although you like the new album because it sounds more like a couple of other artists. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. what people like, it's an interesting thing to figure out. I've always liked things that have, uh, if, if they're not dark, they have at least a sort of a, a shade of darkness. Yes. And I mean, obviously not everything that fits in that. I, but like, I wasn't into emo shit, but <laughs> I'm just picturing you in the whole emo, you know, little outfit, little skater boy kind of. A yeah. Thing. With, with uh, jet black hair yeah. and, and mascara on my eyes as all men had in the eighties. I think that's a, how you, you know, did the video. No, podcast, right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This is exactly uh, you never know, but there is what is considered pop music today. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't stand up. There is nothing that I've uh-uh. heard recently that you're like, wow, this is, this is a great new yeah. sound. So the, my local grocery store that I've mentioned before that I ordered groceries from while we're recording HEB, Heba. uh, the local, not all of them, but the one that's closest to me has 80s music on loop in the store oh so this is this is what makes you spend more money because you're dancing around the aisles this is the only reason i ever go to that store instead of just ordering online is because it you know it feels good it's like a feel-good store and because it reminds you of your ute well not so much ute for me but it reminds me of the best decade (laughs) That's right. You were still like what eighty when it, in the eighties was that about right? Uh, seventies. Come on, the the seventies. I I remember a little. The eighties, obviously. No, I was in my seventies. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Ah. that'll that'll be about right. There. In uh, uh, had your Don Johnson starter kit. Oh, dude! I literally, I think I have a photo somewhere of wearing a white uh, white suit, white pants, white suit jacket with a sweater on my back tied around uh, with the 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 arms tied around my neck oh that is so sad i literally and glasses of course but i like i would worry with that going to the mall and then people are like what's a mall gene <laughs> what is this yeah. thing you speak of yes yes there's a uh there's a movie called mall rats oh classic movie that, that i've was, seen multiple times that was my mall and I don't mean metaphorically. I mean, they've shot that movie in the mall that I that I used to go to. Well, that had to be weird. Why? I mean, because you're watching a movie and you're like, this looks a lot like the. Well, uh, not, it, it doesn't just look like it. It is that mall. Well, right. And, and you knew that going in yeah, because obviously yeah. it was big news at the time that. Well, not really. Well, I mean, right, it's no Kevin one's Smith ever heard movie. of a Kevin Smith back then. Jesus Christ. Hey, most people haven't heard of a Kevin Smith today that's exactly that's my point it's if they haven't heard of him today 30 years later they sure as hell hadn't heard of him back then what i appreciate about kevin smith is he's basically us that well he's lost a lot of weight though yes i know 
I'm working on so that part. He, he used to be us. He's a guy that's just like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And if people like it, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy with a fat dude with a beard who is somewhat funny, but mostly ironic. This, that is kind of the theme of the show. And we are way more Kevin Smith than Seinfeld. Well, we're way more Kevin Smith than Kevin Smith is these days because uh, he's kind of gotten woke. Has he see that? I know oh, yeah. he did something with one of the uh, the animated characters. He did a series that people really didn't like. I'm forgetting which one. Green Lantern yeah. or something. Oh, he's done a few things that people really didn't like, including a movie that I don't understand why it was made that was called something The Walrus. Oh, Tusk. Tusk. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, yeah. Like, so, it's like a oh podcaster getting killed or something in that, isn't it? It's like a something about pod. I've never seen it. I've got oh, it you to haven't, watch. It is watched it, it. No, you don't need to watch it. It is a completely ridiculous movie. Uh, it, it, like, like things just don't make sense. Like the Big all. Lebowski is totally great, but this there's a line yes, somewhere. Yes, this the Big Lebowski is a great commentary and satirical movie on the uh, late eighties, early nineties, right? Um. But the uh, Tusk, which was made much more recently, I think is a movie made just to spite the studios that he had to deal with. <laughs> so it's okay. Because I get it. it is, it's a spite movie. It's not a real movie. It's a spite movie. It's like, we're going to come up with the stupidest script, have the stupidest central plot and theme to the movie. And like none of it literally makes sense. Well, this could be very much the same kind of a thing that uh, Van Morrison did to his record label Mm. very recently, which was, I think he owed like a final album or two to, for the contract to be done. And he literally less than half assed a bunch of songs. And and this is it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that kind of stuff. I was playing a little Hank the third before we went live here. He's done the, he had the same kind of thing with him. He had a problem with his record label at one point curb records mm-hmm. where he was just out and out selling bootlegs of his yep. stuff at the yep. shows and telling people not That's to buy the, the officially released stuff. That's hilarious. When artists and their labels disagree. Yeah. Some fun stuff can happen. Yeah. And I I'm, I'm hoping there's, a lot less of that in the future because labels are a lot less necessary today. Right. Because you don't need them, which is one. It's kind of like publishers. Like you don't need a book publisher. No. I mean, Amazon will do it. And a lot of people hate Amazon, but Amazon will do a finished product by you just uploading Mm -hmm. the files to them. And the finished product is actually pretty good. Yeah. 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 Now they get a good chunk of the money for that too, but not any more than the publisher. No, you get uh, you to know, decide t- if you want to publish it or not. Yeah, and a typical author used to, you know, like well-known people, not super famous, but well-known writers, people that would sell books, uh, they would still get under 10% royalties. Yeah, well, it's like musicians. People don't realize. Everybody thinks that if you have a major label deal, and I'm going back with my experiences mainly before the internet was big, but Mm. I think it still holds true that the artist, they get a money up front. They get a big check up front. Most of the time to make the album, the label will give the money 
they'll foot the checks. They'll send the checks rather to record the album mm-hmm. back back in the day. That was a little more because you couldn't do like 80% of this at home like yeah. you can now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the reality was once that album started selling, the artists had to pay back every penny mm-hmm. of that before they started seeing profit. So it wasn't like, well, that's fair. It, I mean, it is. And it makes sense because there's a lot of artists though, that, that, that part of it. Closed. I have no problem with. It's the owning the copyright that I have a problem with. Well, and that is the owning the, the copyright of the sound recording itself. The labels do not mm-hmm. own the song. The songwriters yeah, but, but are still who cares what the song is. That's why I think that's why uh, touring and live music was so damn popular is because it's the only way that they can actually make any money. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. Your favorite artist, if you're like, should I spend 30 bucks on the CD or the vinyl or should I spend 30 bucks on a T-shirt? They're making way more on the T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, no question true. about it now well, things in are fact, weird. Uh, yeah and what one of my uh, buddies here at austin grew a multi-millionaire dollar company uh supporting that that uh, they made the sh- t-shirts um and uh you know their majority of their clientele when that company was first growing were bands uh obviously a lot of bands in austin certainly back in the the 90s and early 2000s hell but, yeah that's about all i listened to was stuff out of austin around yeah. that time yep and uh austin city limits um yeah and there's now been some really crappy artists on austin city it used to be I, like really i don't even yeah oh, i yeah. haven't paid attention to it in I mean, years. they're still going i guess which is good but there are artists you know like the latest yeah. pop like olivia rodrigo it's amazing to me when i'm looking for live tracks there are some artists you're like really there they were on acl it, last one i saw was linda ronstadt okay you're that was what in the 70s was that her 80s comeback (laughs) that was her 80s comeback yeah you know that uh makes more sense but i love i mean that no there's they had a lot of great stuff back in the day um you know it it was uh well the whole alt country movement yeah yeah exactly which is all i listened to for like five or ten years jack ingram Mm -hmm. todd snyder kelly willis bruce and charlie robison uh Hayes Carl, just some great songwriters, some great music that was definitely not coming out of Nashville. By that time, Nashville was already all completely bubblegum. I mean, it was pretty bad yeah. even when Willie left Nashville, but then they went all bubblegum in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. except for a few artists. I mean, a few well, got they, through. they still had, uh, you know, the top 10 country. I mean, George Strait was still real country and somehow had a major record well. deal. People like Randy Travis were doing. Randy Travis is going to bring up. Yeah, exactly. He was out of there. You know, they were still doing real country, but then it, it kind of died. Now it's the, it doesn't exist anymore. As far as I'm concerned in Nashville, Dwight Yoakam. Well, he's not really Nashville anymore. He's long gone. I believe. No, I'm sure he's probably dead at this point. No, D White's still around. He just had a birthday the other day. Did he? No. We yeah. saw him a couple of times. And his, I remember, his I remember pay- listening to him. Yeah, the D White, the, the, the only concerning thing was D White's blue jeans were tighter than any of the women's in the crowd. So it was. Uh, well, that's because back then everybody wore what, what's affectionately now known as mom pants or mom <laughs> jeans. Uh, you know, men should not wear clothes that are blue in the color of jeans, but actually just tights. You wait, you so you think men should wear tights, not jeans? 
No, other way around. I'm saying what, okay. what passes for men's jeans in this day and age, they, is basically tights that are painted to look like jeans. And that's not good. You don't no, want that. No, I think this is this is how you end up with low testosterone. You get your balls restricted <laughs> there by being squeezed into your body because the pants you're wearing. Yeah, I mean, so many guys with the tidy whiteies have no idea the damage they're doing. No idea. Yeah, I mean, that sure, fair enough. But you know, I I think that the tidy whiteies are a lot more stretchable than the skin than the freaking skin jean. Yeah, the skinny jeans. So you don't have leather pants that are going to show off your package. Uh, <laughs> yeah we all experienced i made, that a, I made a comment uh i made a you know a, a funny comment i thought you thought it was funny anyway there's, there's i thought it was hilarious is that there was a uh, something talking about oh it was the image the reuse of so it was a photo of two different images that demonstrated the use or the reuse of a headline uh, that was uh, the first one was a headline from a newspaper and the uh, uh, Iraqi troops given Viagra so they can rape more women. And then the next one was uh, Russians given Viagra so they can rape more Ukrainian women. And uh, my smart ass reply to that was like, Russian men don't need Viagra to rape women. And, and you were wondering why you had. Crickets. And I thought that was hilarious because, you know, it's it's funny, but it's also true. And and then the one comment I got back on that is like, so you're saying Russian men rape women all the time? I'm like, no, dumbass. I'm saying that Russian men have normal testosterone that American men don't. Gene at surgene.com. Yeah, back in my day, that that would have been a funny thing to say. Comedy has changed. There is no comedy these days. What's funny these days? Louis C.K. I think is still funny, and that's I mean that's going against the cancel. Damon Wayans was making uh, basically the same argument, which is uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going out and telling the same jokes. If everybody wants to cancel and drop me, that's fine. I know I have an audience, and I know I can sell directly to them if I have to. Ah, he's going the way of uh, Dorf on golf. Right. Go direct. Yeah. Tim, what's his name? Uh, Tim Knotts? No, no. What was Rickles? His? No. no. <laughs> Tim, uh, <laughs> what was his last name? Conway. Conway. Tim, yes. Yes. Dorf. Tim Conway. Now we really, people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, Dorf? what the fuck are you talking about? Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah. yeah Tim he, Conway. I remember that. He dude. was a was uh, differently abled character. He was, was a half, half height person. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. you know how that feels. Uh, I do not, but I can well imagine. I have a good imagination. It's like that is how comedy. it feels to be a Sasquatch. I tell you, it's good. You can uh, see uh-huh. it concerts. You can see it concerts. It's horrible though when you try <laughs> it's to your main benefit when you try to get into an airplane seat. Uh, yeah, made yeah. super small. Not but, for I mean, human consumption anymore. Yeah, Joe Biden though has mentioned that having to pay for larger seats is. Bad for the black people for some reason. I I don't understand. They, they like to sit with their legs spread wide. I don't know. I can't. I don't understand what Joey says most of the time. But comedy is dead. You can't do oh, it in the yeah. mainstream. Although I don't know. As of last night, mm. Elon owns Twitter. So I I got a Twitter account yesterday after what well over two years of not having one. 
It's like a band. I'm wondering. Let's let's all post biological men cannot get pregnant on Twitter and see how many get canceled now. It might be safe to say that now. Uh, yeah, it might be. I mean, he's definitely going through and a, I think firing the, the top of the food chain there was a very good move. He's, uh, I think he's backtracking his, I'm going to get rid of 75% of the, the employees bit now, but, um, I think a very simple question that needs to happen right now is an email needs to go out. This is something I've done in companies to every employee. And it says, Please reply back and tell me what you did this week. Ooh, that's genius. And uh, based on that answer, you you know pretty much who to keep and who you get rid of. That's an interesting idea. I would have not thought of that, but that works. Mm-hmm. Why well, am I a highly paid professional? Because the immediately the people that you can verify are lying and saying they did more than they did gone. Mm-hmm. The people that what about the people that are honest and just say, I, I just kind of fucked off this week. I wasn't feeling well. Yeah. Do, do they get a second chance because no. they're honest? No, they're not. Okay. So if you lie and say you did more than you did, you're fired. If you're honest and say, I fucked off all week, you're fired. Who's left? Well, that's the best part is what's left are the people are actually doing work. Yeah. Because the, the people that don't do anything and didn't bother lying because they're too lazy, they should be cleaned up. The people that lied will be found out in short course um, because they'll start pointing fingers at each other and they'll be gone within a month. And the people that are left, which will be about 30% of the company, are the ones that are actually been doing the work for all these years. And probably have been covering and carrying oh, for everybody else. 70%, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah, that's usually how it works. Yep. And we covered over on uh, Grumpy Old Ben's, the show that spawned this show. Mm. the letter that the Twitter employees sent to the existing management and to Elon demanding equity oh, yeah. and fairness. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, fuck you. No, that's I not the world. To, I think that, that the Twitter employees used to work at, um, uh, what was that store? Macaroni's or whatever. Oh, the macaroni grill, the noodle, noodle. Yeah, the noodle boys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's who ended up at Twitter is they graduated from their high school jobs at at Noodles. Yeah, the whole we demand you keep all employees because otherwise they might get kicked out of whatever country they're in. It's like, that's not the reality. The company Mm -hmm. is not responsible for keeping you in your job if you don't perform. My God, I've gotten rid of H1Bs in the past and they rarely, I'm not going to say never, but they rarely are justifiable. It, it was some stupid ass idea that tech companies back in the nineties, well, probably in the two thousands, it wasn't really the nineties. We had enough people in the nineties. Those tech companies in the two thousands that rammed through Congress is this idea that, Oh, you know, we'd be growing if it wasn't for the fact that there are no Americans with any technical skills and we're forced to import people <laughs> from out of the country. So we need more visas. And, uh, that has always been a bunch of bullshit. And I've worked with like those industries and H1B holders for 30 years. And it it is a, uh, it it is as bullshit now, probably not 30, probably 20 years. Let's say, let's be realistic here for sure. Over 20 years. Um, And it's never justified. It never makes any sense. 
It seems like it's a cost savings, which is why companies do it. It's never justified as a cost savings. It's always justified as like, oh, we just can't find anybody to hire. Don't you bother running an ad? Well, yeah, for a day. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't that enough? You know, yeah. I mean, that's enough just to say we did it. And now we don't have to do it because we just import somebody. Well, it's uh, always the I, lens you're looking through. Oh, absolutely. And it's it was sold in as two different things to different groups of people. It was sold as a great way to get cheap labor, uh, getting people that have master's degrees for 15 bucks an hour. This will be great. And then, uh, so two companies, and then it was sold as, yeah, America can't compete and we can't compete because we can't have the people and we don't have the people. So you better allow all these foreigners to get visas to come in and work. It's, it's really the sharecropper mentality, uh, for high tech. Well, and then they go back the other way, which I thought this was interesting. The AP, not that this is a surprise because the AP the Associated Press over the last decade has become nothing but a bunch of mm-hmm. leftist drivel. But it's always been mostly that. The AP looked at the rosters for the two teams playing in the World Series this year, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros, and went, hey, you don't have any American black guys on the team. Mm-hmm. And of course, the whole article doesn't exactly say racist 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 but if you can well, read who do they the have because there's no white guys either so see this is and again if you want to talk about going outside of the country there's a lot of the people that are playing major league baseball come from countries like venezuela and cuba mm. and when you see them it's like well they're obviously not they're not white guys like you and me mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i we're we're almost see-through and that's not what you have playing but i don't know not, man i got a plenty of middle eastern jeans and stuff do you? Do you fit oh, in yeah. them? Are they tight? Do they squeeze your nutsack? The Middle Eastern? No, jeans? they're nice and loose. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Those are good jeans. Yeah. But I just thought that was kind of hilarious that that was where they were going to go because, uh, you know, and I, I didn't go look, but how many on the last few NBA finals, how many white guys were there on the teams? Because if you're going to uh, start going, Larry then, Bird, uh, yeah, right. Larry Bird, which was like <laughs> 1981. <laughs> You know, okay. I know there was like Dirk Nowitzki, and but he was, you know, he was a uh-huh. foreign. He wasn't American, but there, there some white guys have played yeah. in the NBA. But overall, the NBA Are you trying is to just very ruined sports by getting white guys to play basketball yes. and black guys to play hockey. Yes, this is what I want for equity. I think we uh-huh. need an all white basketball league and an all black hockey league. That would solve some problems, wouldn't it? Yeah, you have the majors and the minors. All the black guys are like. I, I don't want to play hockey. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, this is again, people are good at what they're good at. Why yeah. do we keep wanting to say, well, no, I mean, maybe the reality is that 20 to 30 year old Indian dudes are way better at coding than anybody else. So why not they're hire not. them to do the coding? Yeah, they're not. Uh, but what I've literally observed at that time period that I've been involved with them is the cost of that used to be cheap labor going up and up and up and up to the point where well, the internet's helped change that because you can now work from anywhere. So you, now- you can, but even before, well, I mean, the internet is always around, but like literally I remember having good deals at hiring guys for $30,000 a year 
that have masters and they're are you know good at technically to then paying 60 80 90 and then finally over 100,000 to have somebody that is coming over from India to do work that plenty of people in the US would be happy to do if only you posted job ads probably makes sense it's it's a it's a here's something that I've mentioned before, and it's certainly not politically correct. It just happens to be true. Other than Americans, literally every other people in the world, because America's you know a country of immigrants, but every other country has a standard built-in preference for their own people, and what I mean by that is. Not only if you go to pick a random country, uh, Poland, not only if you go to Poland, are Polish people more likely to get a job opening than a non-Polish person with the same skill set. But Polish people in the U.S., back when Poland was a fairly new immigration country and they had, you know, there wasn't a shit ton of Polacks everywhere, would they would help each other and give each other jobs, uh, possibly over other qualified people, but specifically in their neighborhoods in, in uh, helping other people with the same background. Yes. And so this has happened for Indians very successfully in where they started coming in in the really in the 90s, but big, the big push was in the 2000s. In tech jobs, uh, a lot of them had other skills and that were developed and they got to be managers. And again, I watched all this happen. And then uh, senior managers and directors, the point where a lot of tech companies, if not most tech companies, were headed up by Indians as CEOs. Now, they, none of them started these companies, but Microsoft had, a, had the company India. A Twitter that we just saw, Elon Fire, had a company, Indian guy. Um, I mean, Apple's not one of them, but Apple has plenty of senior people in those positions. But even non-tech companies like PepsiCo, like 15 years ago, uh, the CEO of the company was Indian. And I mean, it's not to say, oh, my God, that's so racist. You don't want to give Indians promotions. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what happens, and this is, again, this is just factual. This is not some bullshit, uh, uh, you know, Made racist up. shit yeah. that certainly exists out there. And I've seen plenty of it uh, about Jews. Oh, the, the Jews will, you know, they'll, they'll only do shit with other Jews. Jews will happily sell other Jews for money. And I can make that joke because I'm Jewish. But... No, this is what happens is you get a manager who's an Indian dude. And you start noticing that his department, which used to be like 95% non-Indians, whoever, it doesn't matter, men, women, different ethnic backgrounds, somehow turns into like a 80% Indians. And that, and, or if it's a Pakistani, it'll be the all Pakistanis, but no Indians because they hate each other. We're but, right. Oh, sure. But, yeah, but the idea is they kind of start preference-based hiring and you can't do anything about it because they're hiring a minority. 
So the company's happy about it because they're getting their quota of minorities and saying, hey, look how progressive we are. Uh, we're, we're so progressive that we're only hiring guys from India. And then they end up bringing these people in uh, using their... I, again, the U.S. is like the only country that doesn't exhibit this. I'll, I'll use Russians as an example. Same exact thing. You get a Russian guy that gets a job. Next thing you know, there's 10 Russian guys in that company and you know either because they're reporting to him or because he he helped to push their resumes through and got them the uh uh the interviews and made sure that more of the people come in do not give russians jobs see brooklyn in the troll room giving you karma saying it happened at his job yeah it happens all the time and it's it's not it's not any one group. I'm not being anti-Indian here. Like literally every group does this. The only difference is in other countries. Well, they do it most. not only just in companies. This is why people have their friends groups, which is why I find it hilarious. These new television shows, if they were making friends today, one would be white. Oh, one would yeah, be black. They've one be would super... be Asian. One would be Russian. One would yep. you know, no, there would be no no Russians. It'd be basically black. Hate <laughs> all the Russians and Latino, and uh, a disabled, a few and LGBTQs, transsexual. Right? Got to have at least a few. I mean, the trans. You're gonna have your one token white male, so you have somebody to make fun of. Yes. the fact that they run the world, and the the patriarchy is evil, and that's it. That's it. You got your one token white dude. And even though he's straight, everybody thinks he's kind of closet gay because, you know, pretty much everybody is. But this is just human nature is that people. I think we just described the hit show. Yeah, I think we did. Let's get this Fuck. going. We get it. Yeah. Get get the. Hey, does anybody, know Kevin, anybody know Kevin Smith? Let's get him <laughs> on the phone. We can get this green lit today. He'll he'll make oh, he'll do it. Yeah, he'll. No, totally. Totally. He, he'd get it done. Well, Kevin has a history of using, you know, other sexual characters in those movies yeah he's hit and miss and he's a great public speaker he's very entertaining i don't know i like i like his movies most of them not not the stupid tusk one but uh uh certainly his earlier breaking news gene tom brady and giselle the divorce is final so she is back on the market if you need to go and make (laughs) your uh wait where is she flying to let me buy some (laughs) tickets right now i'm sure she's going somewhere uh-huh. She'll probably have the kids, though. So, I mean, that could be a deal breaker for you. And not on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to close the deal at 30,000 feet. Uh, man. Yeah. No, the days of the Mile High Club are over, man. I'm too fat. Well, And the bathrooms are too yeah, small. That, that's my point is that that bathroom is a one person bathroom at this point in time. I have you- I've certainly uh, I've done the mile high thing back in the day when I was younger, much younger in my 20s. That, well, that was before there were even jets. Jeans, no, they so were was- playing. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice prop plane, though. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you flown? I remember seeing this a couple of years ago. I think it is in one of the uh, one of the Arab airlines that has like two shower suites. In- oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wait, so you can go up and take and there's like a full opulent like bathroom, a shower. It's like that's Yeah. Yeah, it's a spa. Now yeah, there's, I think there's the way is to that go by the, high. Uh, Qatar Airlines. Maybe. 
Yeah. Now, if there was ever a way to I've go never, to the I've never gone on any of those, but um, I've watched videos of it that looks very impressive. Yeah, so you're like, this, this flies? That's way different than what I'm used to on Southwest, let me tell you. I've never flown Southwest. I don't know why anyone would. That's not a real airline. Well, now, is American Airlines even going to be considered real? Because last I saw, and I don't know if this is happening right now, mm-hmm. they were pulling out all first class. Well, then I'll be pulling out of them because uh-huh. uh, that's all I fly. And I've been flying American for 15 years, according to a news story recently. So mm-hmm. I, I guess it's equity. They're saying nobody's buying the seats. I think it oh, is. Bullshit. Well, I'm yeah. buying it. I, you know what? They may be right. <laughs> because on the last flight, on the flight back from Mexico, I was in first class and nobody was sitting next to me. You know, how, see, here's the thing. How the price on first class is like five to ten times what a coach seat costs, mm-hmm. which is fine. And yep. I think probably fully worth it on any flight over three hours. But your flight to Mexico is probably no. just a little shorter than that. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half. Um, I don't know if I would pay for the first class just for an hour and a half. Well, it is cheaper. And in fact, uh, so it used to be super cheap. So this time around, it was over a thousand bucks. But uh, I remember flying to Mexico pre-COVID in first for about 400 bucks. That's not bad. Which is like barely three times no not it's more it's like double it's like double the standard ticket price and it is it would uh, so be, it was that would be worth deal. it to me as somebody yeah. who is six foot six and doesn't Here, fit. here's the thing about first class if you i i decided back in the uh 2000s that it doesn't make any sense to fly coach but uh the thing about first class is you get a lot for your money you think well, it's like wow it's so much more expensive uh, the typical ticket from Texas to anywhere, from DFW to pretty much anywhere in the country, uh, is about eleven hundred bucks. And the price of coach tickets can vary between two hundred yeah, like and four hundred. Yeah, yeah, maybe five hundred, but certainly within two to two to four hundred. So it's about two and a half times, maybe three times more expensive. Uh, well, maybe five times if you find that one weird flight that they're selling for 200 bucks just so they can say that's where prices start. Because right. usually there's one of those and about 20 of the other ones that are more expensive. But, but either way, you're so confined to that. Like it's non refundable, non returnable, uh, the coach ticket, like all these restrictions on that ticket, uh, including how many miles you're earning. When you buy first at full price, you're, you know, you, you could decide an hour before the flight that you're not going to make it and you just keep the full value of that ticket. Yes, which is one thing you are giving away. Yeah. If you go with the cheaper ticket, is you can't the cheaper coach. And if you want a coach ticket that has that price flexibility, it's, it's like 70% of the price of a first class ticket. Beyond that, obviously, you're sitting in first and you don't have to be a, a super flyer. Like you're not flying a hundred thousand miles. So you can get your free seat in first class. Um, if you're flying for work and I started doing this, uh, again, like 20 some years ago, if you're flying for work and they're only paying for a coach seat, you can 
pay the difference. And now you're basically flying uh, first class for, you know, 500, 600 bucks. Now, granted, you're flying for work and you're like, well, I, that's my money. I don't want to spend my money on flying for work. Well, it's also your time and it's also your health. And uh, talk to your doctor. If you fly a lot, talk to your doctor about the adverse effects of flying because there are plenty and um, being cramped up for an extended period of time, which is anything over two hours, uh, is not only bad for your, like, it's not pleasant for a guy like you, who's, right. you know, a Sasquatch, uh, but it is actually bad for your heart because it's having to pump blood through all these constricted tight joints and junctions within your body. And, uh, it's, it's like being super stressed for a long period of time. The change in pressure, even though it's not that huge, I mean, obviously there's less pressure as you go up. Um, but, uh, it's not the same as being in a hot air balloon at 30,000 feet, but still that constant. And by constant, I mean more than once a week change in pressure that you're experiencing is also bad for another uh, number of other organs because uh, what you have is you have a change in the saturation within the blood, within different liquids in your body of different gases because that that slight change in pressure will actually affect uh, the amount of gases that are dissolved. There's a lot of stuff. Talk to your doctor. And, and, you know, as I always mention on my show, uh, we don't give medical advice here. So this is non-medical advice. No, this is Talk just to your factual, like they know deep vein thrombosis it's, it's, is a thing. It's, yeah, it's stressful on your body, not just your brain, to fly. And by flying in, in the first class, not only do you have a wider, nicer seat, you're also less stressed out because you're first on, first off. You have a real meal instead of a, would you like to buy a sandwich for 14 bucks and a can of Coke for five? Uh, you know, it's, it's like, they're, they're not trying to nickel and dime you. Um, but, uh, certainly this is a long way from the, the heyday of the flight. I flights before, uh, nine 11 were a very different experience than first. When I was flying first in the nineties, we had real silverware, real plates, real multi-course meals on planes and uh you know everything was much nicer and when you were flying internationally first oh my god i remember waking up in the middle of the pacific and <laughs> you mean uh, over the pacific not yeah yeah in, in over the, the pacific <laughs> in the middle of the pacific over the pacific some people have a, tried to do that to you which on a wait. flight <laughs> on a flight from hong kong and instantly when i woke up the uh uh, the stewardess comes over and that's what they used to be called back in the day. Right. Now it is uh sexless a flight, flight attendant, attendant whose job is not to serve you just to be safety. God damn it. They want to make sure they, you realize these days that their whole job is just the safety of the flight. It has nothing to do with service. Uh, and that's very evident by the way. Um, but anyway, so this, this stewardess come pops over and is like, uh, would you like anything, uh, Mr. Neftoy? And, and I said, you know, I would love a lox bagel because I, you know, I'm Jewish and everything. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And, uh, and Russian. I mean, you are really yeah. not blessed uh, with, <laughs> for to be living in this time. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
and and you know and i was prepared for the oh i'm sorry we can get you a bagel but you know we don't have lock we don't have smoked salmon they said we'll send somebody out for some locks yeah she said very good sir just a second (laughs) and it brings me a lock sandwich i'm like holy shit and this this uh flight didn't even have uh didn't have menus you just tell them what you want and they'll make it i mean this is this is like first class transcontinental flights back in the 90s it was a whole different experience probably closer to the one with the flight with the shower that you described uh, i've never been on one of those middle eastern airlines because you know i'm jewish but uh but i have been on airlines to asia and europe and uh, the experience back then was much much superior and the cost was more reasonable like you get a a first class flight to europe for about three and a half grand back then which, uh, now I checked, yeah. I checked recently, uh, $10,000, you know, I like can for 10,000, you could, you used to be able to take a Concorde for seven, right? And be there quick. Although the uh, new, yeah, the new planes are hours. coming. Yeah, we'll see. That's what they say. Anyway, they've been ordered. They've been coming for 20 years. Yeah. But this actually much more recently, there have been specifics and allegedly the planes have been ordered. And there's a few of them, uh, being made we'll see yeah we'll see the in the troll room it's it's horribly non-efficient to fly those speeds fuel-wise well yeah but this is who cares about the the environment i mean these uh, allegedly it's not the environment it's the cost it's the uh the plane now is allegedly you know it's very green Mm -hmm. don't worry about it the the cost doesn't matter in the troll room c brooklyn mentioned pan am and if you did you see it was a short television Am. show. Totally. I oh, it was too. a TV show. That's right. Yeah, I flew Pan Am back in the day as well yeah. as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the television show, the waitresses, what nice waitresses? Wow, I'm going to get hate mail. The, the stewards, the stewardesses, stewardesses. Yeah, very attractive. And oh and, yeah. And well, the, they used to have. So this is totally realistic. I remember this when I flew. Is they used to have a maximum weight allowance for stewardesses right. of 110 pounds. They covered that in the show, like the way in as you got yeah, to the airport. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's what kept them in decent shape is the, the fact that like they literally had to be thin under the pretense, of course, of, well, Safety. we want to maximize our airplanes ability to carry cargo and passengers. And therefore we're going to restrict the weight of the stewardesses. There you go realistically obviously men like pretty things and if you haven't seen pan am that was one of the early things that margot robbie was in and well worth watching just for her and uh the chick with the big eyes that i like too oh okay yeah i know who you're talking about she was in there yeah what was what the hell is her name good old what the hell is her name well she's uh you know she started off as wednesday adams with a little girl on yes in a movie okay. and uh she definitely matured well if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, the look the look worked moving forward. Well, it, beyond the look, her body became very non-Wednesday Adams. Uh, very curvaceous. And um, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci, that's right. And she's been in, in basically B-movies. She's never really been an A-lister, but she's been in a few B-movies. Uh, and most recently, I think I saw her on... Uh, Amazon or was it Netflix? I think it was one of those two where she played um the the wife of uh 
uh, what's the writer? Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. So she played his wife and was very. Uh, there was a few scenes that were clothing optional. Oh, as they should all be. They should. That's true. That's the way life is. Life is clothing optional. But yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but not really much big stuff. She, I think her first movie where it was either right before or right after where she played uh, the Adams family uh, was with Cher uh, in Mermaids. She was a little girl in Mermaids. I do not remember that, but yeah, that was very early for uh, Margot that was Robbie. In, in the, oh, oh yeah, Margot Robbie. Oh, I'm not talking about Margot Robbie. I'm talking about Christina Ricci. Yeah. Margot Robbie, I, I think she was, uh, uh, she had a great body. Well, it worked with the Pan Am uniform for the stewardesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still have some wallpaper that scrolls through my machine of her in that outfit and, uh, it still works. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, she had a good body. I mean, I think her outfit in uh, the Joker works pretty well too. Oh yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Doctor. doctor. <laughs> that's Dr. Harley Quinn to you. Yeah. When she puts the glasses on, that's doctor. Yeah. And when um, she brings out the baseball bat with the spikes. I thought, yeah. But like those shorts that she's wearing in there, like I, th- those had to be spray painted on her. They may be. You know, I've, I've seen a few of those dresses. Have you seen those dresses? Yes. Recently, there was another story that one of the models that was having one of those, uh, dresses sprayed on and mm-hmm. the technology involved and whatever oh, this awesome yeah whatever this material is that it comes out and then like solidifies yeah it's like latex but with fibers like it's a combination of of it's spitting out both latex as a liquid and some kind of fibrous shit that holds the whole thing together uh it is pretty impressive jeans like that's what every woman should wear just something you can spray on. No, only only women with a lot of money should wear that because uh, those clothes are not reusable. Oh, well, so this is a problem with the environment then. But if if we were living in the George Jetson future, that was promised to us. Yes, which we're waiting for. Uh, yeah, well, he's been born now, I guess. So it's just a matter of time. They, it'd be that type of automation where, you know, you step out of the shower after taking the automated shower. And then you you step into the clothing sprayer, which would spray on the clothes. And then, you know, you go to the kitchen where the robot would make you breakfast. And then you walk into your little flying car. Then rinse and repeat at the end of the day. Yeah. Of course, for the woman, that wouldn't be, you know, going to work. It would be going shopping. Oh, well, that's of course. Women's job is during the day. Because women should not be employed in the workforce, according to. Women shouldn't have to slave away by working the, outside the oh, home. That's certainly true. Yeah. I like the way you're framing that. Well, I mean, it, this was the the big uh, the big thing that stole a lot of wealth, but pretended to do the opposite. And I've talked about this on uh, Sir Gene Speaks like two years ago. Is that women entered the workforce, <clears throat> but the average amount of money made by per family has remained stationary. So what effectively has happened is the number of employees 
<clears throat> between 1970 and 1990, it was a 20 year period, the number of employees nearly doubled, but the take home pay per family didn't really move. So more it was, people it was are working. A, it was a horrible trade off. Right. It's a horrible trade off because it used to be that you could support a family on one income. And I, that, that goes for both high income, middle class, and low income people. Obviously, the amount of stuff that you can buy with that is going to be different. But there were plenty of people that were working lower income jobs and supporting a wife and children who were at home with just a man working. Which that was all was intentional, not, though. This yeah, was that was not that unusual. Well, it was intentional because this is this is all part of the new world order. Right. Is is the idea that if women are not working at jobs outside the home, then we're not maximizing the workforce. Like the serfs are getting too too much time off. And we need to get the serfs to be actually working for us. So I think a lot of propaganda came out spinning this as though it was some kind of a bad thing that women could actually not work outside the home. And I think that propaganda worked very well. And a lot of, um, incidentally, it's not that women didn't work back in, in the 70s, 60s, 50s. It's that typically women stopped working when they got married and the vast majority of women ended up getting married. So you didn't have a very large percentage of women who didn't get married and Which continued to work. Which is why they needed the breakdown of the nuclear family. Oh, absolutely. Nuclear family is not a good thing for serfs to have. Serfs should just be anonymous numbers. Because then you have too much power. Well, uh, a nuclear family allows you to make decisions for multiple people and serfs have no business making decisions on behalf of others. The, the ones that know better need to make decisions for everybody. You remember THX, uh, the, the movie, uh, yeah, the audio started it all yeah. for, uh, George Lucas Yeah, or, uh, sorry, not Lucas for, Wasn't uh, it Lucas. Oh yeah, it was Lucas. No, it, it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was Lucas. I was right in the first place. That's right. Um, yeah, so it's been a long time since I watched that. I think Robert Duvall was in it. Um, can't remember who else was in it, but it that was certainly one of the themes in that dystopian movie. Like a lot of movies that I like are dystopian, so that's apparently it's the world we're living in now. There's no need for movies anymore because we're just living it. Well, this is the same reason we have the mentality of the Twitter employees with their demands letter. This is why we have people doing gig work. You know, I'm going to go pick up three guys a week on uh, Uber Eats, you mm -hmm. know, or Uber or whatever. And then I should be considered a full-time employee. It's like, fuck no, that's mm -hmm. not reality. But this is all again about well, equity and redistribution of wealth. Yeah, the, there's plenty of that. During the pandemic, two years, the number of new billionaires and the number of billionaires who are making more money were both extremely high. If you're above a certain class of person, meaning your income doesn't derive from the work you do, it derives from the investments you have, 
you probably made more money during the pandemic rather than less. If you're somebody whose income derives from the work they do from a paycheck rather than investment income, you probably made less. We're creating a bigger, a bigger difference between the haves and the have-nots. And by have-nots, I'm including middle-class America. Well, and this is all, again, right down the lines of being able to then use that to create strife, to turn one group against the other, because obviously the people that have Yeah, but strife bad. is not the end goal here. Like, well, anarchy that is. is. That, that is, no, neither. Anarchy nor strife are good for the Socialism people that actually own the planet. Like, none of that is. Socialism isn't good either. What's good is to have a shut up and do your work slave population that just accepts everything, all the decisions that are made by their betters, not questions anything, can re- rewrite history as, uh, as needs arise, and then uh, uh, still just go and do their jobs. They ultimately, the benefit of any people to the controlling class elites is in the work product of those people. And if somebody's got to pick up the trash, well, it's not just somebody's got to pick up the trash. It's not about demeaning. It's about, again, the difference between people that have to work for a living and the people that simply live off investments. If you're living off investments, you're employing, other people. So you want to make sure there's as many of them as possible that are available that you can get away with paying them as little as possible and that they will do whatever you tell them and not question you. Like these are all positive attributes that you're looking for. They they happen to be the same ones that bring people closer to surf them and I think we are much closer to surf them today than we had been 30 40 years ago. Uh, we have high tech serfdom where you, you have a phone, but you're provided your, uh, uh, you know, your porridge in the form of social media. So you're, you're giving a diet of stuff to keep your brain occupied. That has no real difference. It makes no real difference. It doesn't matter what happened on Instagram or on Facebook, it just needs to be happening all the time to keep your brain occupied. Yeah, which is exactly what's going on now. People should read The Road to Serfdom by uh, Hayek. Good book. Um, There you go. But you're absolutely right. And that is whether it was the intentional reason behind social media or not, this really has turned into the way for otherwise functioning, thinking people to just have their brains overwired with useless crap. Mm -hmm. And there is something very addictive about it, which I haven't ever been able to quite figure out what it is, whether it's, you know, the, some people will tell you it's just the fear of missing out. Like, well, I'm going to miss something. It's going to be exciting. And I'm not going to know until it's too late or whether, I mean, I understand the, you know, the dopamine hits if somebody likes your post or retweets it. But I don't know if that's the I think most people are just consumers on social media. And I think there's a big difference between the 
maybe five and 10% of the people who are very noisy on social media, like you are. I mean, you post a lot. You probably I'm not, post. I don't do social media. What are you talking about? You're on the No Agenda Social. That's social media. That's not social media. It is, believe it or not. But it's only social media. If I was reading it, well, do see, I this actually is it. read it? That's, I don't even log in to post. <laughs> I post from an app. Right. So that's it. So that's I'm exactly a cr- making content my point. generator, not a consumer. Yes, that is exactly my point. Being a content generator is way different than yeah. somebody who is addicted to reading and just scrolling all yeah. day long yeah when most of it is useless information by the way you know how i ended up on no agenda social and i was you know one of the earliest people on there um adam curry said hey sign up for this it's cool very similar to that adam curry said Hey, dude, you're sending me way too many tweets every day. Uh, <laughs> or not even tweets, like text messages. Yeah, do it over uh, here. We're, we're, we just set up this thing that we're going to call Noja on the Social. And, uh, you know, why don't you just post that stuff there so it's not just me getting it, but other people, and, and don't send it to my text address. So this was Adam McCurry going, hey, Gene, you know what? You're a genius. Let other people know uh-huh. by, by putting yeah, it over here yeah. so they can see that it may too. have been what he was saying, but not what he was thinking. What he was thinking is, how do I get this fucking shit off my phone? Yes. How do I get you to leave me alone? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And so I said, sure. Okay, I'll sign up, which is also why I'm not Sir Gene on there, but I'm just Gene N is because when I signed up, there was no like, you know, idea of, of using no agenda names. It was. It was literally just like 10 of us on there. So it was very low key. And I still don't I, like I, I was posting names. everything just so Adam would read. I didn't really give a shit who else was reading it. And you created a whole follower list. I, you know, I didn't even bother with followers until like uh, a year or two in when I realized, oh, there's more people on here than I thought. You're like, yeah, about 10,000. Because again, it's not like I'm logging in and reading shit on there. No, never. No, well, I will log in maybe once in a while just to kind of give a little star to people that have commented on something I've said. And the social media, I mean, I do believe that there may be a change. I don't know. I have to text you to get you to log in. Right. Because it's like and read something. It's like, hey, what did you think of that thing? I said, give me some feedback. Uh, Okay. For me, it's still emails are probably even better. I pay more Uh attention to that than uh, (laughs) that. than to the text but yeah it'll be interesting to see if twitter changes at all with the change at the oh, top it's already changed dude this is the what this the the twitter info the twitter the musk's purchase of twitter was one of the few high points for me uh over the last month i would say like this is one of those things that just made me go well, maybe we're not going completely down to hell in the handbasket maybe the the handbasket is going to be at least a car like a tesla car or something because uh, uh his purchase it wasn't just him buying it it was what he did immediately after buying which is fire uh all the the people that really encouraged twitter to become what it was yeah which Get is a them. liberal cesspool yeah exactly because the people that were running it were the liberals that wanted a cesspool who now decided to go and start their own liberal oh, yeah. Twitter, which is yeah. going to fail like every other uh, miserably, miserably. Yeah. 
and it doesn't it's not even because it's liberal it's the same thing why trump's truth social is nothing why gab Mm -hmm. is nothing why parlor is nothing yeah there's some people there yeah but it is not reaching trump's got a tough choice right now because um if elon gives him his twitter back which he said he would uh along with a whole slew of people getting their accounts back i didn't bother trying to get my account back i just created the new one um you know i had an account on twitter literally since it was launched it was launched here in uh boston and uh, i was at the south by southwest um and i signed up at that point early adapter very early adapter um but um which also my my account used to just be gnn on twitter uh because it was available yeah which is hard to get those names now yeah good luck getting something without numbers these days um but i i I figured the fastest way to it and just because i wanted to like reply to elon with his whole purchase message right away i just created a new account but um uh the tough choice for trump is you know he's got his own little little trump social uh for for lack of a different name true social but it's really trump social uh and uh you know it's just full of people that are super fans of trump but there's not many of them there's maybe a million but you go to twitter and trump's got 75 million followers that he had before his account was shut down so if that account gets restored sorry if that account gets restored that's like 75 times bigger than his audience of people that already agree with him anyway, his echo chamber of Trump social. Well, you can do so, what everybody does on social media, which is have an account on everything. And it just, you sure. have a service that duplicates it everywhere. But I think what Trump liked about Twitter, which doesn't exist on true social is that humongous audience size. Yeah. Uh, and he number- knew that the people that didn't like him were being poked when he said exactly it's as much as anything him saying things that he knew were going to be poking the other half it was entertaining yeah and a good Uh, debate is good that's what all we want is a good debate i don't care what side of the aisle you're on the idea that a corporation decided to punish a sitting president of the united states for free speech that they didn't approve of well, hell, the it's house so is still insane. trying to put him in jail for it. Uh, but that's at least different. That's, you know, that's a, a legal process, right? This is literally a private company saying, yeah, we don't like what you're saying. So we're going to, this is, this is like back in the day of Hearst running all the newspapers saying, yeah, we're not going to publish a single story about Trump. We're going to pretend he doesn't exist. And when you own most of the newspapers in the country and you do that, right, that that creates a, a significant impact. Oh, it does, because this is where people go for news as insane as it is. People turn to sites like Twitter and Facebook for news more than they turn to actual news outlets. Well, what is a news outlet? Would you trust one these days? No, no. So people should be turning to other things. But to be fair. I trust CNN more than I trust a random person on Twitter. And I don't trust CNN hardly at all, but I, still, I don't, I'd rather trust a random person. <laughs> See, but I, you need to know who the random person is. 
Eh, yeah. Or you just, it doesn't make any difference. You know, I, I pretty much spent my entire life without a TV set. And uh, there have been some rare exceptions. Like when I was married, we had a TV. And when but, Miami Vice was on. Uh, well, I certainly watched plenty of Miami Vice. But uh, for most of my life, I just haven't had a TV. And the reason for that is that I just don't like advertising. I mean, I like good advertising in the form of entertainment. But 99% of advertising is horrible. But that's not a television's fault. That is the content you put on your TV because no, 95% of the YouTube videos I watch, I watch mm-hmm. on a 60 inch screen, baby. Yeah, well, that's I'm referring to television, not in the size of the screen, because I also have a uh, 10 foot screen that I watch. See, there you go. In my bedroom. You mean uh, like a cable subscription? No, not. Yeah, yeah. What I mean by TV is, yeah, cable or broadcast, not the physical device called television. Gotcha. I didn't have one of those because there was no point in it uh, ever, I don't think. But I, I certainly, it, like, that doesn't make any sense. It, things with advertising doesn't make it. I pay for YouTube, even though I think Google sucks as a company, but I pay for YouTube so I don't have to have ads. Yeah, because if you watch more than. Like an five hour. hours of YouTube <laughs> in a month, you're better off paying the 12 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it 12 bucks gives you two things. It gives you, uh, no ads on any YouTube videos, which is, and without having to worry about some, you know, installing some plugin that'll delete ads or some bullshit. It's just no ads. And it gives you access to YouTube music. Yes, which is new. They they just upped like what you get with the premium subscription too. Well, they've had that for years though. I've I've used it for years. I thought there was just an email that came out of all the stuff they're adding, which makes sense because yeah, they want more people to maybe. subscribe. But either way, YouTube Music uh, it it accomplishes the same thing as music on Alexa does with the uh, Amazon Music, I guess. Which is you just type in any artist or any track, and it'll just start playing stuff. It's kind of what Pandora used to do before Pandora started putting ads in. It's ad-free music by keyword. And that's all I've really ever wanted because I don't listen to top 40. I've always listened to things that are a little bit more edgy. And, uh, you know, so that's, or more emo, I'm sure people are thinking now. That's all I listen to. You're totally dark, stuff, a, dark music. He's like a five finger death punch kind of guy. Uh, don't even know who that is. I'm sure. Yeah. You've got their posters on the wall. I could, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had posters tell. on the wall. The, you know, the posters I had on the wall were of like the Ferrari or Ferrari. Well, I did have a Ferrari poster, but I think also I had like the Porsche 928 posters, 944 posters. Yeah. You're like, these are the cars I want to buy when I grow up. Yeah. Not nine eleven for some reason. I I thought these looked better, even though they're crappy cars. And, to and then you grew up and realized the cost of such cars, and decided it was probably a but, bad idea. No, not at all. Um, no, I just realized that there are other considerations than the way the car body looks. Well, yeah, performance. Well, that's one. Another one is comfort. Yeah, big on comfort. Well, yes, it's kind of like your. Uh, the reasoning for going first class in an airplane, there's a lot of vehicles mm-hmm. that uh, would be a snug fit mm-hmm. for average size people. 
They would be. Um, yeah, but yeah, and you'd be surprised though. You would really be surprised. I I've never had any issues with vehicles. In fact, I remember being made fun of by a few people, including Adam, when I got my first uh, Fiat Five Hundred. That's a pretty little vehicle on the outside. I thought that was the cutest little thing. Oh, just so it, cute. It's super cute as a car. It's kind of like a Volkswagen Beetle, but even smaller. Right. And most guys, uh, they say the car you buy is a pure correlation somewhere in there to the size oh, yeah. of uh, something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you were so, like, let me get the tiniest car I can. Yeah. I have nothing to uh, try and, uh, you know, compensate for. I will say that one of the cars that I've, or the, the car that I've owned that had the best mm-hmm. legroom was a 1996 Camaro because the seat went mm-hmm. like all the way back. Right. And that's what Adam said uh, about the original 500 Fiat is uh, he remembers driving one in Europe. And that was one of the greatest things about that car is the seat went way back. So even though the car was tiny, the legroom was great. Yes. Which is good. Yeah. And I thought this car was perfectly comfortable. It was a very fun car to drive. I had a little Cabriolet, a little convertible Fiat 500 with a uh, a red top and, uh, of course, a white car. And then um, enjoyed that so much uh, that, uh, uh, well, actually, I ended up, I ended up uh, getting rid of that car. And then I bought a Beamer convertible, which was also really fun. Um, and uh, not any, not any bigger in terms of the interior, uh, even though the car length was quite a bit bigger. Uh, and then I bought a Fiat 500 electric, which Ooh. was, um, I, I was really torn about that car because it was, I always liked the Fiat's. I, I, I love that. The Fiat 500 electric was great. It cost me like six bucks a month to drive. It was super. <laughs> I, I was the guy making, uh, you know, nasty comments to the Tesla owners for how much electricity they're using. Cause it was literally twice as efficient as a Tesla. Nice. Uh, but, and, and it was very peppy given, you know, electric motors have all their torque at the beginning. I really liked that car. Um, it was also super rare. At some point, they're going to be definitely collectibles. There was uh, fewer of those cars imported into the U.S. than Ferraris. So, like, a year's worth of Ferraris, I think, is around... 1300 cars something like that 1400 cars this thing had about 50 cars a month sold not a lot so so i was i was driving a car that was super exclusive not expensive just super exclusive and uh, the only reason i got rid of it is because fiat uh, pulled out of the u.s again and so they shut down their dealerships which meant Oh, it's harder to get those things serviced then, huh? Yeah. Having, having a, an electric car, which there's only 50 of them sold per month across the entire country and no dealer network to support you is very risky. So if I would have kept it, I would have kept it purely as a kind of like you keep uh, used baseball tickets as a right. future investment and say, okay, I'm going to do nothing to this car. It'll still have you know, 10,000 miles on it. 
uh, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now. And then I can get my money back basically for it. I get like 30, 40 grand back out of it. But instead of doing that, I just chose to go with the option that clears out my garage space and say, okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to return this thing or trade it in or sell it or whatever. I think I just sold it for, I, I remember I sold it to Carvana for cash. So they just wrote me a check for it. Uh, I didn't trade it on anything. That it's somebody else's problem. Well, I'm sure somebody bought it and put it in their garage to keep for 20 years. Now, I and I'll be kicking myself when those things are going for a hundred grand. Right. What's well, like $15 million, a uh-huh. classic fiat, but I'll do you better uh-huh. than the ticket stubs. Yeah. And if somebody can explain this one to me, there's a few people in the trolls. Maybe somebody has run across this before. My mom was out to lunch with one of her friends whose husband for years worked for the Wrigley's gum company here in Chicago. Sure. I remember that. Yeah. And he had a couple of big boxes. I don't know exactly what was in the boxes, but he had a couple of big boxes of old gum, old candy that were just sitting in a shed Mm -hmm. and he found them and he took the first box out. Yeah. Let's see. Put it up on eBay sold for over 2000, the second larger box sold for over $9,000. What What the fuck? Right, right, right. I went and did a search and found on eBay that looked at the sold auctions. And I know this could all be Mm -hmm. rigged up, but there was some different gum from the eighties. You remember the, maybe they still use these. I just haven't been to a grocery store in a while. The packs of gum that are basically in cellophane. And there's like 10 packs of gum in the cellophane and then they they open that and then people just buy one pack at a time at like the cash register i don't recall that so it's just like a cellophane of but like what you would buy is one pack of gum there's 20 packs in this i'm sure costco has shit like that probably but they were selling these 20 packs from 1980s whatever it was and one of them was a Wrigley's gum that i'd never even heard of or remember Hmm. called express it was just like a white packaging oh yeah i remember that i don't but they were like that 20 packs of gum mm-hmm. just within the last few weeks on eBay, 20 packs of that. So just 20 packs, not 20, 20 packs, just 20 little packs in the one package, mm-hmm. 580 bucks. And I'm trying to figure out why is there a it's gotta be just, I think, it, I think what some of this is not all, but I think what some of this is the, the, what I would describe as pseudo nostalgia, which is, it's not real nostalgia because it's experienced by people who weren't around to remember the eighties. So this, you think this is uh, at the market for people that never experienced this and are like, well, gee, uh-huh. now are, are they buying it in this case? Do you think to consume it's, it's 40 a trinket. Year old bubble gum? It's a, no, of course not. <laughs> it's a trinket to show their buddies in their eighties room. Yeah. Like, look at this, man. You can't even buy yeah, this check anymore. It out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, I think I've, I've kind of seen this like back in the 80s, about the 50s. True. Where you, people were buying completely useless things like howdy duty clocks. Like, what the fuck do you need that for? To put it on your wall and be cool. That's not cool. That's kitsch, first of all. <laughs> but it's, it's also ridiculous. But it's that mentality. It's like people that were never around and alive in the 50s were buying 50s memorabilia 
because the 50s represented a certain lifestyle and mentality. And I think the 80s, for good reason, uh, has become the 50s for a lot of people that were not around in the 80s. Because people like you and I talk very fondly about the 80s, about how it was the best music, and it was really revolutionary in a lot of ways. The game I'm, I've been raving about, Cyberpunk 2077. You're still playing that a week later? That's a good sign. Yeah, man. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm doing like 30 hours a week of gameplay on that thing. Wow. Um, Is this your full-time job now? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Uh, no, I probably don't wish because it wouldn't be fun if I if I had to do it. It's only fun because I choose to do it. True. It's like that. Uh, the show I told you to watch on Apple TV. That was which one? The what Did about I the gaming it? company? Oh, I watched. Yeah, that was a great show. Love that show where the testers were just like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, 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 they hated it. And then, of course, the testers had to be like lesbians. But, of course, because yeah. that's the new world order for. It's actually true because every video game uh, is only tested by lesbians. Well, that's why, you know, they're good. Yeah. Or the way it takes them two years after they come out to get the bugs up. <laughs> right. That could be it as well. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that was, a, a, I think, a very satirical, but yet touching on real world issue show. Which is where comedy works. There's yeah, got to be exactly, a, a exactly. nugget of truth. Yeah, and it was the guy from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia that uh, was the main dude in that. But if anybody can uh, tell me why otherwise the old gum is worth money, I'm guessing that the guy who bought the big box for 9000 probably made like two, three times that by breaking it up and Maybe. selling uh individual <clears throat> that that could be or it's worth that much because it's all kept together and it's wrapped in cellophane which will disintegrate or get eaten by critters because plenty of insects eat cellophane interesting i did not know that oh yeah 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 uh there's a lot of ants will do that um uh the uh there's a, a number of different garden animals that will happily chew down on cellophane Blitz says he's guessing it's because it has no aspartame. It's like, well, that's what I'm really curious. Are they, are they consuming the gum? I mean, that's a long, is gum still fresh if it's sealed in the pack for 40 no, it, years? It, it turns, I've had old gum, dude, like 15 year old gum and it's dude. rock solid. You yeah, can't like chew the, it. Like the stuff from your tops baseball card collection. Yeah. Like I ate all that shit and it, <laughs> it's like, whoa, threw away the baseball cards because he gives a shit. Right. I buy this for the gum. He went the wrong direction there. I did go the wrong direction. Not only do I not have the gum to sell on eBay, I don't have the baseball cards to sell on eBay. If you did, that would be a much better way to go. Or at least the ticket stub is from buying the baseball yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I never went to those games. The There's some podcasting 2.0 news, which I think is interesting. Mm, did they finally introduce my band tag officially? No, I don't think oh, so. Still waiting on that. But this is uh, out of Podverse, which uh -huh. is a Podverse FM. If yeah, you go that was one of the ones I liked. If you go to podverse.fm slash live streams now, mm -hmm. it will give you a list of the shows that are currently live and the shows that are scheduled, which I'm noticing, like I always have the next rock and roll pre-show scheduled. Most people don't because there's only like four or five shows scheduled, including the uh, podcasting 2.0 mm -hmm. with Adam Curry and Dave Jones coming up today. That's on the list. My next oh, rock and roll pre-show is on around. the list. The Rare Encounter show, Fun Fact Friday, those are on the our list. show. Behind the schemes. See, I I need to add the upcoming. Yeah, what, how is it that you add 
all your other shows, but you forget to add this one. But you notice the top of that page right now is oh. our show live. Oh, well, because that's good. I don't have the next scheduled one up. I only have one uh-huh. thinking it was just the next show. Who cares? Now that this exists, uh-huh. this is absolute genius. And to me, this is a killer app until it gets overrun and it will. Yeah. But this is the killer app for somebody I like. You know, when I interviewed all the guys, sorry to interrupt you. When I no, you're not, you're not sorry at all. You I'm horribly jerk. sorry, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> when I interviewed all those developers for podcasting 2.0 that I did about almost two years ago, not quite two years ago, I uh, really liked the guys that were working on Podverse. And when I tested it, I thought it had the most potential. They weren't quite there yet. Like I couldn't make the shift to Podverse. Um, because they were still missing some stuff, but they were, they, their presentation, their UI, everything was very good. They took my advice about the forward and backward, uh, buttons. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I really liked on that app. So I'm very happy to see them continuing on developing and pushing the boundaries with that app. But I think this is a killer app for people to discover new shows because I'm one of these people that I want to listen to things live if I can. Yeah, I don't, but I get it. Plenty of people do. I prefer to listen to everything at at least one and a quarter X. Right. Sometimes 1.75 X. The live and stuff. If I just, could do that live, like that would be awesome. Well, yes. If you could, if you could make that work live, that'd be great. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, like on Timcast yesterday, uh, they celebrated Musk buying Twitter by opening up a bottle of um, Louis the Fourteenth, which was, I think, it's typically around the a hundred dollars per drink in a bar, so it was about a two to five thousand dollar bottle. And you felt like you were taking part because it was live. It was live, and it was clearly not planned. They were going to be drinking on air. <laughs> it was, a, it was, but just they a, were so giddy. And I use the word rarely, like but they were celebrate. so giddy about Musk not just buying the company, but then firing the executives that they had to celebrate. I think rightfully so. Yeah, I agree. I think this is one of the those few bits of good news lately where you can say, you know, maybe the world isn't completely going to hell in a handbasket, but at least it's going to go in a Tesla. <laughs> but in Musk, nobody is you know confused. Musk is not. The answer, and I don't agree with a lot of his, you know, concepts, but he does seem to be a free speech guy, which having yeah. that kind of person own Twitter is good. Well, and he put his foot in his mouth just recently by, uh, you know, telling Ukraine they're going to have to start paying for their Internet service. Right. How horrible. This the, guy's their like, trial I'm is pro- over. Their trial period is over right. now. We gave you this for free, thinking for this free. was going to be a. You know, a couple Short, of kind of, months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And now it's like and these then, fucking assholes at Twitter, like, ah, we demand you don't fire us. Fuck yeah, you, people. Yeah. We Fuck demand you. You, you don't fire people for their political views. Yeah. You know, this whole it, keep keep giving us free what you've been giving yeah. us free. It's like, fuck you. No. Yeah. I hate that's that what mentality. They, they got away with that with their parents because their parents let them and didn't beat their kids enough. Yes. Probably true. 
Probably mm-hmm. true. It's like Elon Musk. See what you get. You can't. No good deed goes unpunished. Well, not, not only that, uh, Twitter is now owned by an African American. So that's good. <laughs> he's not, uh, all for that. He's South African American. That that's called an African American. That's big difference. Yeah, I, I don't know if you realize this because Americans aren't very I, good at geography. But I understand. South Africa is in Africa. Yeah. So yeah. really, since I would put Candace uh, Swanapuel up at the top of like the most beautiful women in the world. I have no idea who that is. She is a South African supermodel. I've never heard of her. Oh, well, you're, you have. You've seen her. No question about it. I doubt it. <laughs> you doubt it. Come on. Mm, no, no. Sure. You know, there was a this uh, thing the other day where like a couple of weeks ago where she was rumored to be dating Yi, you know, Kanye. But no, that Kanye? was all just. Uh, yeah, that was right before he got really canceled by the world mm. and mm. that was just a uh, publicity stunt yeah so the only th- problem i have with this whole purchase of twitter is how much he paid which is i think insanely overpaying for what it is well of platform. course he did that's why you tried to get out yeah i i don't know i it's like he wanted to buy him and they didn't want him to buy him and then he tried to get out of buying it and he didn't want to let him get out of not buying it. Uh, get out of buying it. They didn't want to let him not buy it. And then he's buying it. He says, fine, I'll go through with it. And they were trying to get the president uh, up to the last moments. They were hoping that they could get a presidential executive order to prevent Musk from being able to buy Twitter. Right. I mean, that was all over the place. It was just that they're driven. And this is true. I think of all Democrats. I'm going to say all, not most, because frankly, you're complicit. It's like being a German during the Holocaust and doing nothing. All Democrats, they just want to create pain in anyone that isn't like them. They're the most extremist people out there because they're driven by hatred and by punishment they're really uh they're they're sadists really i think democrats are basically sadists i mean i can't prove that is wrong therefore it's right yes i dropped a, a link into the show page over on zencaster there mm. just for you oh to- you did yeah yeah do you want me to click on the this is a, the hot chick yeah that's candace swan oh she's well. pretty hot yeah for an african-american yeah, she just hit uh, 34. Is she though. American or is she African? South African. Well, what, where's her citizenship is what I'm asking. I still believe she's South African. She never, I don't know if she ever it's not, naturalized okay. her. That's definitely I mean, a padded needs, bra. She has she, very small breasts. If she needs a green card, I'd be happy to. Can you can you uh, to help get out. a quick divorce and help her out? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know how quick the divorce would Your be. Your wife would be okay with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that would yeah. be perfectly fine. Yeah, how big is your list of uh, like allowable, acceptable women for you to bang? I mean, there's like only three, and I maybe I need a, to take more time to make the list because I can really only come <laughs> up with like three. So I, uh-huh. it's a very short list, which also uh-huh. lowers the odds dramatically. Kind of does, yeah. And uh, and they're all and who are the, the okay? Well, you've said three. Now we have to hear the three. They're all pretty much age appropriate now that Taylor Swift's going to be thirty three. Here in December, uh-huh. Candace, uh, as we just talked about, she's 34 and Adriana mm-hmm. Lima, who I believe now is what, 40? Huh? I know. 
I should be thinking way younger. Yeah, you should. But I guess it makes sense because that's like when these women were hot and young, you used to have vision. Right. This is true. And you were around hot women. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. And that was even when I was married. My wife had no problem. Like, oh, you're working for Playboy Playmates, going to the GlamourCon convention uh-huh. here in uh, Chirac. She was always like, yeah, if you think you can get that, go ahead. Yeah, she has a lot of faith in you. Yes. It's like, uh-huh. no, not going to probably not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, that she's got a good attitude. Yeah, that it works. Never met your wife, but I like her. She owns uh, a multiple firearms. So, I mean, I know you'd get along. Oh, yeah. We totally get along. Go Does on. she have a pegboard wall for her firearms? <laughs> no. Okay. No, but that would, that would, if there was, that would have been overtaken by the Lego now. Uh huh. Yeah. That's, that's right. She's into that. You know, I, I, every time you say Adriana Lima, I, I first think of Adrian Curry, who I like. And then I, I remember that, oh, yeah, that's a different person. Yes. There are different people in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's true. Everybody, different it's, well, strokes, different as far folks. as models, models. There are plenty. Um, but I've always liked Adrian Curry. I, she, a lot of it is the attitude. I always liked her attitude. She's, she's a, a smart ass tomboyish kind of model. Or, well, I don't know if you can call her, what do you call an old model? I think still a model. I don't think they, is she an X model or is she still a model? I don't think anybody becomes X. I think you're not an X model, former model. It's just like a former model. Maybe clearly she hasn't been modeling in 20 years. You know, usually though, if somebody's an actor, you don't go, well, you haven't had a job in 20 years. So you're an X actor. I think I would call an X actor an X actor. I mean, you I totally could, I that. guess. So she she was the America's Next Top Model winner in 2003, so 20 years ago. I do like that on her Instagram page that I just pulled up, mm-hmm. the second thing she has listed in her bio is mm-hmm. recovered Hollywood douche. <laughs> so, yes, yes. I like that. She, she is very much red-pilled, yeah. She is. She was on Tim Cast. And it was funny because she was the oldest person on that show in the room. Because, you know, it's a bunch of millennials. Yes. And she is, she's right on the border of millennial and Gen Xer. Born in 82, I think. And she and has so, a, a list of links to, and she's on Truth Social. She's on uh-huh, Getter. She's uh-huh. on Rumble. Yep. Along with the regular, I mean, also but I've, Twitter I like her way before any of this stuff. I just really thought she was just one of those chicks that'll always put a smile on your face, you know, like a hot looking chick that knows how to take an engine apart and clean right. guns. Yes. And you're like that. This is very helpful because sometimes I'm like, hell yeah, I want somebody else to do the work too. Like all the time. And like, I don't know if you ever watched, boy, we're talking about a lot of movies and TV shows. Do you ever watch big love? Um, maybe that sounds familiar. It was big love was an HBO show for about 40 seasons about a polygamous Mormon. Oh, then no. Oh, it's a great show. I would recommend it. Uh, but you know, four years worth of seasons. There's a lot to watch there, but it was a, a show about a guy who is a successful business owner and, uh, you know, liked in the community, blah, blah, blah. 
And then you kind of find out at the end of the episode of the first intro episode that he is, you know, got more than one wife. And uh, now that's just asking for trouble. Everything. Well, and what the biggest thing I think that show does after you watch it for a while, you realize, why would any man want this? Right. It's, just, it's so much work. You're like, it sounds and like, like the outset, like it might. Yeah, be fun. it sounds cool to have a harem. But ultimately, you just want some peace and quiet, and you know, your man time, man cave time. But you can't because you're too busy handling three families with three different sets of kids from different women and trying to balance it all. But he had his uh, his older wife, his first wife was Jean Triplehorn. And then uh, his middle wife was my favorite one, which was Chloe Sevigny. Uh, and she was the very traditional Mormon uh, chick, meaning she came from big Mormon family. And so she was always on that show, the one doing all the house repair stuff. Like when, when the roof tiles needed to get replaced, she'd be the one climbing up on the roof to retile. You know, she knew how to use all power tools. She could fix a washing machine. She could do all this shit, but yet she's still hot and feminine. Nice. Well, I see uh, Adrian Curry born right down the street from me. He was born in Joliet, Illinois. In Juliet, really? Yeah, home of Juliet, uh, Jake, and Elwood Blues. Yeah, hell yeah. Born in 1982. So again, you like the 80s. Uh-huh. Thanks to DigiGuru for yeah. pointing out that she was born in Joliet. Mm, interesting. Did not know that. I did not but know. But she's also 5'11", so you'd probably like that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but she's currently married, so there you go. Well, yeah, I think she's done that a few times. Yeah, it looks like second time. <laughs> so, I mean, the third time. Oh, really? That's the just charm. the second time? Yeah. Because the first one was with uh, Mark Bra- or with uh, the, one of the Brady kids. Yeah, Christopher uh, the, Knight. That's yeah, Peter Brady. Wow. Yeah, Peter. She married Peter Brady. Yeah. So he had to be like 8,000 years older than her. Uh, she was, he was 20 years older than her. Yeah. Interesting. Um, they And it would happen on live TV. Um, it was uh, they met in a reality TV show. Uh, ended up hooking up and uh, by the end of the show, like she totally wanted to marry him. Television's a weird beast. But she certainly back in the day, I mean, now she's older, but back in the day she was super hot and she was a video game junkie and uh, she did a lot of cosplay stuff. I see. I mean, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I'm telling you this, this is a, this is a chick with the right personality who happens to be hot looking. Well, that is important. Having the right personality is important. It is. It is. And this is, uh, I mean, this is why I married my ex-wife is she was super hot and had the right personality. And why did she then decide to run for the Hills? Or was it? Well, there might be a few reasons for that. (laughs) That's a different show. Yeah. 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 But we're, you know, we're still friends. We, uh, we chat. Uh, we've been now, I think we've been divorced about as long as we were married. Well, see, there you go. That brings with it a certain calm and understanding. Well, that came about a year after we got divorced. I I told her, and I I mean, this is that I, I really wish we would have just been friends instead of getting married. Isn't that always the way? Because she, uh, she was a cool chick that I would still enjoy having as a friend. But now you can't be around her because you're afraid she's going to stab well, you at any and, given I mean, time. 
you know, she turned like 32, so I had to get rid of her. There is that and, uh, expiration for you. I get it. There is. There is. Uh, she's 23 when we met and uh, like a rock in 23. She was, uh, you know, wearing like size two clothes. So we see what you were attracted to. It was not her personality at the time. Oh, it was totally personality. That's the main thing. Yeah. Personality. Yeah, sure. Sounds that way. The, the, the description. Yeah, a get, hell of a personality back in the day. I was going to say that description. Doesn't, yeah. No, and, no. and if you're not that anyone gives a shit what my ex-wife looks like. Oh, but they do. Everyone wants to know. Basically Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, but hot. At 23. I mean, Natalie yeah. Portman has had her moments. I mean, watch Black Swan. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the character she played was horrible in that show, right? but th- this would be like hot. pre black swan. This would be more like star Wars, Stanley Portman. Ah, yes. Young Padawan. Yeah. That's what she looked like. You're like, yes, my queen. Can you put on the, can you put on the outfit from star Wars? Come on. <laughs> See, that's perfect for you. I can tell by that. Oh, no, I'm laughing because she did that. that yeah. was, that, that's how I, that's exactly what uh-huh. I was going to say. The laugh uh-huh. said, been there, done that. Yeah, that, that's uh, exactly what that laugh was. More, more than Hell anything yeah. else. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. Nice. But I, I will. I like this thing that Podverse is doing. And this, to me, reminds totally. me. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Podverse. Yes. yes. This reminds me of way back in the day, Blog Talk Radio, which I believe is still around. But there was an easy way to go and see every show that was currently being streamed live. And for mm-hmm. people that are live junkies, this I think this can help find shows that maybe you wouldn't have listened yeah. to before, but you're like, well, it's live, so I'll turn it on and see what it's all about. Yeah. I don't I mean, I do occasionally will watch Tim Cast live, but you keep I pushing the re- 1.2 button and it's not working. I what? You're pushing the button like 1.25 speed. Come on. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Why exactly. is it speeding up? But the problem is it's on that show, it's not even the speed. It's it's the like their edited bits that they come out with from those shows are just a lot more concise and topical. Well, they should be and because they're edited. They are. But then you take a show like ours, which there's not anything to edit down to because our well, show is about nothing. Well, we're just so tight that we can't even edit anything out. That's how good we are live. Did you notice you even had the uh, the intro that was taped live today? So you don't have to cut out a clip and stick it at the front? It's like, boom, that's how it always is. It's like right there. It's literally the last thing I said before hitting the record button. It's magic. Sometimes that yeah. just works. And it, it helps when you're lazy. It does help when you're lazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I just want to point out this is still a value for value show, even though we had no donations this week. Although Grumpy Old Ben's did great on their oh, 200th awesome. episode. Good for you. We're, we're still a little short of that here, but I mean, I know Gene mm. says not to, not to donate. <laughs> Apparently people are listening. They're like, I'm, they're like, I'm finally going to listen to Gene. One, uh-huh. I'm going to pick one thing and I'm going to yeah. listen to Gene and this uh-huh. was it. But you can still well, go to unrelenting.show and find out all the information on how to help support the show. I think we do need like to go mug club or something like that where we can, you know, if you have yeah. a donation, we send something out. It's all cool. Uh, if you want to take that on, buddy, I noticed you started doing t-shirts. I did one. Well, because, uh, Dame Lisa was like, well, why don't we have a rock and roll pre-show t-shirt? And I'm like, I don't okay. know. I have a logo. So I may as well slap that uh-huh. on a, on a Teespring shirt. I think I want to tweak it a little bit. So I haven't really now, been is pumping T-Spring, it that much. What are, how much do they take? Are they as bad as the other guy that cafe press? It's very, 
similar. So if you yeah. sell Cafe Press was basically we'll sell the thing and we'll keep all the money and you'll get a quarter. You like know, a quarter. I, I think I would have to sell if the if the sales were good, mm-hmm. I would go to our buddies over at noagendashop.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And have them make it. I own the domain noagendastore.com which takes you to my Teespring site. Oh. Which no agenda store? Yeah, com. You're sitting on that? Yeah, I've got that. Well, you I use troll. it. It's not, it's not sitting on it. I use it for selling no agenda merchandise, which then I cut mm. in the boys at no agenda, which is how it all works. Mm-hmm. But for something, if I remember correctly, if you take a t shirt and sell it for 33 bucks, you're making about eight or nine dollars profit, I believe. Who the hell pays thirty three bucks for a t shirt? That's insane. That's like normal now. Ten bucks is what a t shirt should cost. I would agree, but that's not the world we live in anymore. I really? wish they were. I, that when I was doing the fan club for the country music artist Canadian Carolyn Don Johnson, sweet lady. When we had the t shirts printed up, this was probably two thousand. In eight, right around there, that the t-shirts were for us to print them up were five bucks a piece, and then you could sell them for twenty. But you were buying them for five bucks a piece, custom printed. I think uh, that's the long. Yeah, that's now. about right. It's a little on the expensive side, but I guess it's a lower quantity. It was lower quantity and yeah. not the crappiest t-shirt. Yeah, 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 but, you know, yeah. again, but there's I, a big I remember difference. pricing out shirts, and they were like you get them printed for between three and five bucks. Yeah. If you want to go with the really yeah, cheap. and a cafe press would basically they'll they'll charge you know they're like fifteen bucks for the t shirt and then if if somebody if you want to sell it for more than fifteen then we'll start doing revenue split right that but you if you want to sell it for fifteen you get nothing right they're taking it that's their cost anything over the cost you yeah, get their a, cost is like a buck anything but, yeah. you want to charge over that they will give you so it basically becomes. Yeah. Hey, you're buying a $15 shirt and everything you pay over that is your donation to support the well, show. Part of it, not yes. even the whole thing. It's yeah. most of it over that. They don't take mm. a, that was is like their though? cut. I believe it may, okay. maybe it's different. I haven't, I haven't dealt, used them dealt for, with them in a while forever, but I, I remember I used to do for short little runs. Yes. So. Now, if I got like a hundred orders for rock and roll pre-show or unrelenting mm-hmm. t-shirts, then I'd be like, well, wait, we're going to move this to. Yeah. And the minute you move it, people stop ordering. So it'll be a beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Hey, we ordered 10,000 shirts. Great. Yeah. Then you want to put them on, on eBay and just said 1980s. Yes. And then whatever. I just found on eBay and I'm, I think I have to order one. It was the t shirt, 22 oh, bucks in the same color. Do you remember from the 80s, the Reggie bar? Reggie Jackson had his own chocolate bar. Did he? I don't recall that. Yeah. And the logo was cool because it was Reggie swinging the bat. Mm. And I remember that and I went because with I was looking up old candy to Reggie see what Jackson. it sold for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is somebody making T-shirts of that Reggie Jackson bar, the Reggie bar, the logo mm-hmm. on a shirt that was the same color as the wrapper back then. And I'm like, oh, mm. that's cool. I want one. Reggie's awesome. So that was how long did they make those? It was only around for a couple of years, the Reggie hmm. bar, but it was nationwide. It wasn't like it was just a New York thing or something like that. They were, they were big, man. Reggie after it was probably right after the 77 world series where he hit three home runs in one game. He was never hotter than right hmm. about that point in time. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I remember watching them, uh, well, in the 80s. Yes. Uh, late 80s. It's so funny how everything <laughs> for us happened in the 80s. It's, it's, it is kind of funny. Because, um, um, uh, yeah, what the, I think he was playing for Kansas City back then. Well, he started with Oakland and then went to the Yankees, obviously. And then yeah. I don't know if he went anywhere after the Yankees. Hmm. If he retired, he might, you know, you remember, he may have, uh, like Toronto. He may have retired out of Toronto. Kirby Puckett. Yes. Kirby. My God. God rest his soul. He was one of the mm-hmm. best. Yep. He was very good. Of course you were living in Minnesota. So Kirby was like a God around, uh, around they named streets after the man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, because he was really good at his craft and he was a good human being for everything I can tell. A lot yeah. of athletes are douchebags. Kirby seemed to be a really high quality human. I being. think that was in the pre douchebag days of baseball. It may have been. Cause it's, I kind of feel like douchebaggery and baseball really started in the nineties. They kind of go together now. Cause it used to be just like dudes that would go and eat a bunch of fried chicken and then go play baseball. <laughs> Not anymore. Eh. And then in the nineties, they started doing steroids. Yes. And, and that, that changed a, the game. And it brought a bunch of people to the game because all of a sudden the balls were flying they were out. actually good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they went, oh, wait, this is bad. And for yeah. some reason, I still will no. not get this. The players like Clemens and Bonds and Sammy Sosa are being punished. Mm-hmm. But fucking Selig, the commissioner of baseball who oversaw all of this, they mm-hmm. put him in the Hall of Fame. Fuck you, yeah. Cooperstown. Yeah. That is bullshit. It's unbelievable. The hypocrisy yeah. of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it it is ridiculous, but it's well. It used to be that you'd need just you know God given talent to be good at the game. Uh, like you had to have the right genetics for it, uh, and a bit of a gut. Yeah, <laughs> that, that seemed to help in baseball in the sixties. Yeah, it sure seemed, and and chewing and spinning. The Babe Ruth look. Uh huh. You're like that's uh, yeah, us. Exactly. He's, us. He's the exactly. Kevin Smith of baseball. Yeah, it is yeah. Um, although he was more successful in Kevin Smith, I think a little bit. Uh huh. He definitely uh, got laid more. <laughs> uh huh. 